Success in business is all about people and it's all about connecting with people. In a mid-market business, you've got large numbers of employees, large numbers of customers, you've got suppliers and a whole stack of other stakeholders. How you connect with and relate to those people in all different ways, depending on the context, is really important. There's a whole stack of key strategies that you can use. In fact, a connection strategy as a whole concept itself. Hi, I'm Craig West, and in this episode of Mid-Market Matters, we're joined by E. Pintado. E. is the author of The Connection Generation, a great book which I've actually read that talks about how being connected affects us, our lives, and importantly for us, our business. Iggy, thanks for joining us. Thanks very much for having me, Craig. Let's start with the basics, connection generation. What does that mean? Well, I, I did some research uh, a few years ago around um, what was going on with technology and there was some work being done around, if you remember about 10 years ago, there was a dynamic happening in the marketplace. Uh, social media was starting to take off, the LinkedIn's, the Facebook's, the MySpaces, for those who remember it. Yeah. Uh, there was also uh, mobile phones. Uh, Blackberries were kind of you know, the hottest thing, but then iPhones and everything else started to come out. And then the third thing was this thing called cloud, which is putting your data on other people's computers. And, and the convergence of these three technologies actually got me thinking, you know, what is this all about? And what it's about is it's about connection. People just want to be connected to people, ideas, experiences, groups, all sorts of information. And connection actually means they want to engage with it as well. They don't just want the information. They want to assess it, to review it, to challenge it, to question it. And so I wrote this book called Connection Generation because I believe that regardless of age, we are in the most connected generation ever. And from a business point of view, mid-market businesses, lots of people, obviously already connected by working with each other, but what's the impact? Why is it important for mid-market business? It's really important for mid-market because I think that mid-market has got that capability of you know, rising above being a small business and not quite having all the resources to be a corporate business. And so it's a perfect opportunity for them to engage with their customers, with their prospects, with their suppliers, et cetera. And so... Um, the opportunity is really in engaging in a lot more meaningful way with their prospects and with their customers than you know you could if you were a small business or if you were a large business. I just think there's a great opportunity in the mid-market space for this. So why is that different? You, you talked about small business, you talked about large corporates. I know mm. you've worked in both. Mm. Um, why is the mid-market different? Why do they have to do things differently? My experience with mid-market is that um, they're kind of caught in the middle. Uh, had this conversation a number of times. We, we, we have this thing called SMB in corporate market, which is SMB is a nice little um, way of saying not corporate. Um, <laughs> and Small is small. I mean, it's pretty obvious, uh, but medium-sized businesses, and you know, I think you mentioned in one of the other podcast episodes that there's 100,000 businesses and they're um, 30% of the market, 30% of the jobs. They are different and they need to be perceived a little bit differently or else people will just put them into a, into a category called SMB. And so I think mid-market, if they aspire to want to be better, if they want to outgrow their competition, if they want to be uh, more relevant in the marketplace, need to differentiate themselves in a way that small business and corporates can't. And I think that having a connection strategy and being more connected as a business and as an individual in a business is a distinct competitive advantage. Let's talk about that use the phrase connection strategy. What does that mm -hmm. actually mean for a medium-sized business? Well, there's a couple of components to it, Craig. I think the first thing is that 
everyone has a marketing strategy, right? You'll have you'll have uh, marketing advisors tell you that you need to have, for example, uh, an online presence. And we, I guess we can start there. An online presence means that you can be found on Google. So if I Googled your name, if I Googled your business names, something would come up. So you can now, uh, if I search, you can be found. Mm-hmm. My question is, what happens when they find you? I challenge any mid-market person or business to actually Google themselves. What is up there? Is it really what you want people to see? Are there photos of, uh, or Facebook photos of you and your family that you don't necessarily want to see because you were tagged incorrectly? Um, are there videos that, that, that you probably don't want people to see? So have you actually got a presence that when they find you, is it engaging? Is it relevant? And is it compelling enough for people to go, yeah, I want to find out more about that person? You also know that on the internet, uh, no one knows if you're a dog or a robot uh, because that's why they need to go and find out what else there is about you. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of the reasons why YouTube is the second most search engine in the world. It's because once they search you on Google and they know that you exist, they then want to look on YouTube to see whether there's a video of you, to see whether you're real, whether you're authentic, whether you, what, what you say is who you are. There's more of that, that, that that's happening in the world. So connection to me, connection strategy is making sure that you can be found on the internet and then making sure that you engage with people as well. Okay, so we get found, we're engaging with people. Everybody talks about content. There's a lot of content mm-hmm. out there. Yep. You've got a slightly different view on content versus the normal view, I guess. Yeah, it irks me just a little bit when people say content is king because the fact of the matter is that there are almost 2 billion websites uh, as of January 2019 on the internet. 2 billion is the number. And on a daily basis, 2.5 quintillion, I think that's about 5,000 million. Yep, that's a lot. Um, That's a lot of data, bytes of data gets released daily. So there's a lot of content. People are constantly posting information on a daily basis. So what I like to say is that it's not about the content necessarily because there's a lot of it out there. The deal is it's about context. And context means it's when I want it, how I want it, where I want it, um, that, that particular piece of content. So if I'm looking for something, I want to make sure that it's contextual to the way I absorb information. Is your content, for example, available not just on a website, on your computer? Is it also available on a mobile phone? Is it also available on another device, like an iPad, so that I can actually see it in the way that I want to see it? And that's the way the world is moving to. It's now moving to context being king, not necessarily content. So the trick is to find the opportunities where you can contextualize your message so that it's meaningful and relevant to your audience. Have you got some examples of businesses that have done that well and maybe even some that haven't? Yeah, um, I think the best example, and, and it's one, one's a, a very much a social one. Uh, I was listening recently to a radio interview or a radio newscast and they were talking about how uh, it was a compare study that was done on medical insurance. And they basically said that this one particular medical insurance was actually better value than the other. And it was just a, they mentioned a couple of names, but then I thought to myself, okay, so why am I listening to this information? And you know, well, I'm not in the market for medical insurance, but it did prompt me to just check, to yep. check how much insurance I had and to check other suppliers and to also talk to other people about it and say, hey, um, I just heard this. And so I was kind of doing a little bit of marketing for some of these medical insurance companies because it just prompted me to say something. And it was just the context of the time. It was just a topic. It was of interest. So I actually took some action on it. From a medium-sized perspective, I'm working with an organization who are doing uh, accounting, 
Now there are thousands of accountants out there, and they all Careful have their where you own. Go with this. They all have their own value, <laughs> um, but this particular organisation does mobile accounting, right. and they basically have an offer that says that you know they've got feedback from their customers contextually that they don't want to necessarily go and visit their account; they want their account to visit them, and they also want to be able to run their business off their mobile phone because they're too busy to spend time at night. So they want to be able to have all their financial data, their cash flow, et cetera, on an app. Yep. Um, so these guys are mobile accountants and basically what they do is they contextualize it to say, if you're looking for a mobile accountant, then maybe you should consider going to them. So again, that's two examples of just context versus you know pushing out there what you do via product and, and, and other messages. It's an interesting change of perspective because it means you're not just, you know, we're all told by marketing people, content, content, mm-hmm. make more content, get more yep. photos, videos, blogs, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a different approach. Oh, it is. It is. And, and there's got to be a different approach because that's the way you could cut through. I mean, when you've got that much content flow yep. and data and information going through, I mean, I'm sure you've experienced it where there's just too much yeah. and you've got to go stop. And so that's why you've got filters and that's why you've got alerts that actually just give you the content that you want. And I call that context. I know you're a big fan as well of personal interaction and connection and referrals and word of mouth marketing. Tell us a little bit about why that's still so important in this context. Oh, the best form of marketing is still word of mouth. Uh, 70% of the return on investment of any marketing comes from word of mouth. It comes from testimonials, from references, from use cases. It's from people who actually speak about your business because they're advocates of your business. And I also think that that's because you've developed an incredible relationship with these people, right, with, with your advocates. I also think that it's important in terms of personalization. I mean, there's a reason why even in the old days, although we still do it today, we all carry business cards with us. Yep. Now, a business card is a little piece of information that's got your name and your business name on it. It's got a cute little logo and your details. And you give that out to people. And I'm sure that people collect them as well. Now, once you collect business cards, what do you do with them? I can tell you, Craig, that I've got a pile, or I used to have a pile on my desk because I didn't quite know what to do with them when I got them. I think now that there's a solution, and the solution is that every time I get a business card from somebody who I have a meaningful connection with, I'll invite them onto LinkedIn. Yeah, that's exactly what I do. And the minute you put them on LinkedIn, then they're a connection. You can have up to 30,000 connections on LinkedIn, so it's a beautiful little um, business card holder because it not only holds all your data, but you can also search on it. So that's an interesting tweak because you're talking about a personal connection, word of mouth, but you're using social media technology to achieve that because that's, of the scale. That's correct. Uh, I once uh, did a piece of work also on the difference between a relationship and a connection. Now, according to a guy called Dunbar back in the 1990s, he said that the maximum number of relationships any human being can have is between 250 and 400. It's the reason why armies and their divisions are only 250 to 400 because that's the way relationships can work the best. I don't necessarily think that you should have a relationship with everybody, but I think you should be connected to as many people as you can because a connection you can reconnect, you can disconnect, you can do all sorts of things with a connection. It doesn't necessarily need a lot of work unless you want to use it as a target or as a, or as a, a market that you want to go after. I'm interested to hear what you do. You've got a stack of connections, obviously, mm-hmm. on LinkedIn. I think at one stage you were the third highest 
third ranked. Was is it? Yeah, third, in... third in Australia and eighty eighth in the world. Very proud of it. Okay, on LinkedIn. So there's obviously a strategy. You don't just go mm-hmm. home, put the business card in, and leave mm. it at that. What happens next? Mm. Oh, uh, again, the important thing is uh, the, the adjective, which is it's a meaningful connection. It's got to be somebody who I want to stay connected with. So yep. it's got to be somebody who. I have an interest of or, or something that, that, that allows me to work with them and, and to utilize whatever value they have to my business. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I mentioned an example to you. I'm not necessarily connected to all the corporate leaders who I've worked with and who I've met because I might not be on LinkedIn or they don't want to come in and connect with me, but I am connected to their, um, their personal assistants right. or their executive assistants. Because yep. the key in doing that is that you have access to them and also their database. So they become your indirect connections. Um, I think it's important to do that as well. Okay. So once you've got, you know, your mid-market business owner, you're already going to be connected to, you know, thousands of people, maybe mm-hmm. not 30,000 as you said, mm-hmm. but certainly thousands of people. Is there a strategy and a, and a process that you need to put in place to manage that connection? Because it's, it's a balance between personal relationship and technology and scale. Yep. Well, it's it's an engagement strategy. It's really how do you engage these people? I mean, if you want to, I mean, you collect connections, you collect subscribers, you collect website visits, etc., email databases. What do you do with that data? I mean, you obviously prioritize it first. Who are the ones that you want to keep in contact with? I strongly recommend you keep in contact with your advocates, your key customers, the top 30, 40, 50, 100 customers that you've got and stay connected with them because you want a relationship with them. But the others are your prospects. It's the people who have shown some interest in your business and in your content and who you want to stay connected with. And that might be a number of things. That might be a post. It might be an email. It might be a, hey, pick up the phone, call them and have a cup of coffee with them. You know, there's got to be a way of of staying connected with them without actually spending a lot of time, a lot of money and making sure that it's very contextual. And that's where we go back to that context. It's got to be whatever is meaningful and, and relevant to them at the time. So as a business growth strategy, this sounds like somewhere where you've obviously focused a fair bit of time and effort. Mm-hmm. For mid-market businesses, is that the same strategy? Yeah, I, I call it an engagement strategy, yep. right? You, you, you need to figure out a way how you're going to in, engage with all the connections and with all the database, all the people who are in your database that you have. It is, as I said, it's very obvious to go after your top accounts. But then what's your prospect list look like and how are you going to start to work with them to, to gain more business and to grow your business that way? And as I said, I think that social media has now become a very engaging platform. When you talk about, uh, I noticed that on one of your podcasts, uh, the guy asked, you know, what's the best platform for you to put on? Yep. Uh, yeah, there's LinkedIn, there's Instagram, there's Facebook, there's YouTube, there's a million platforms out there. And when people ask me what the best platform is, I say, wherever your customers and target market are, yep. that's the best platform. So for any mid-market organization, I would say if you're a mid-market owner or a person or the business itself, you must be present on LinkedIn. Yep. LinkedIn is the business platform and you've got to be able to have an active, meaningful and relevant presence on LinkedIn so that you're continually relevant to people who are looking for your business. You're not just a static website, although I'm sure you have a website, but you're also constantly telling people, informa- giving people information about who you are, what you think, and profiling yourself in a way that makes sense for the business. Okay. And then from there, it's a logical extension to go and catch up for a coffee or a lunch or a, a beer after work or whatever to build that personal relationship with a view to helping grow the business, obviously. A- absolutely. And I also advocate making sure that you keep it relevant and meaningful because, you know, you ring somebody for a cup of coffee and they'll go, okay, what do you want to talk about? Yep. Um, I try and differentiate myself a little bit than just collecting a business card and having a chit chat. 
it's you've got to make sure that you understand your sales pitch and your presentation and your pitch before you go to the meeting. So it's got to be meaningful for not only you, but for them. I also have, Craig, something that I hope we're going to do together, which is something called a peep meet, which is instead of just exchanging business cards, I actually take a photo of the person who I'm with. We have a chat. I record it on LinkedIn and post it on LinkedIn and Facebook, et cetera, and just basically say, hey, here's our peep meet. This is where we were. This is where I met Craig. So that it just gives it that meaning. So you can go back and have a look at, you know, oh, when, when did I meet him? What did I do? And again, back to that personalization. It's very personal to, to, to be associated with somebody and to have that thing in common. So yeah, that's what I do. It's called peep meets. And how often do you do that? You do that with every meeting you have? Uh, I do it very selectively, not with yep. every single meeting. Yep. It's obviously people who I know and yep. people who I admire and, and people who I, who I see are, uh, are relevant to my audience because a lot of people want to know who, who, um, who I'm with and why I'm with and them. And why you're talking to them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a nice way of sharing the network. And the other thing, the other reason why I do it is because as per the book, we are living in a connected generation and I've found that we are so connected. I mean, the people who... For example, if we did a peep meet, the people who know you, the people who know me, there are people who know both of us. Yeah. And those connections are built and they become networks potentially and they become opportunities as well for business. So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, we've talked a lot about social media, particularly LinkedIn, which is obviously an area. Um, outside of that and day-to-day, you know, networking, meeting clients, potential clients, suppliers, et cetera. Is there something different about how you do that, given the connection focus? I think the important thing is that you should always go into an event uh, that you go to or a meeting, uh, for example, a lunch or whatever. Um, you know, it, it floors me sometimes when you meet people at a lunch or, or, or at an event and they go, oh, I've got my business cards. Yeah. Uh, that just doesn't make sense to me at all yeah, it because it's, it's, it's the first thing. Why bother going? Yeah, yeah. it's the first thing you've got, to, you've got to do. And I think the other thing is, People always tend to sell themselves when they're in events. Um, I never start with that. I always start with what do you do, which is find out a little bit about them and then try and find out where there is that connection or where there's that thing in common that you can actually work, work on. That's the thing that I think is critical, making sure that you find out as much about them and you get as much insight into them so that you can... Um, work out where you're going to add value to them. And I think the third thing that I would say, Craig, is also follow-up. We just either don't have time or we don't focus on follow-up because at the end of a, a meeting or a lunch or, or an event, it's really easy to say, yeah, sure, let's meet. Catch up later, yep. But it's just as easy to say, hey, listen, while you've got your diary and I've got my diary, let's book a meeting for next week or in a week's time and let's just put a date down and let's see whether we can have a coffee. Yep. It's it's the simplest follow-up in the world, but it's also the most effective because you've actually got a meeting with them. It's done, yeah. yeah. And everybody's got their diary now. Everybody's diary's on their phone or at least an iPad or something. Correct. Yeah. Um, there are a few people that still have written ones, but mm-hmm. most people have it with them. Mm. It's, it's not hard to do. And even if you don't have the diary, I mean, you've got the business card, write something on the back of the business card yep. and send the email. Or send the email or make the phone call. Just get that meeting because they're the ones that are the most effective uh, and efficient relative to engaging with someone. That's a really cool tip. Mm. Okay. Um, I want to talk about, I guess, the connection linked to mid-market business specifically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You said a while ago the difference between small business and corporates and in the middle sits this mid-market space where mm-hmm. they've got an opportunity to connect differently. Mm. Just explain mm. a little bit more about why that's the case relative to corporates and small business. Yeah, I think um, medium businesses sometimes get a little bit confused by the marketplace because they're looking for that, um, they're looking for the logo. 
and they're looking for, this is, I'm now talking from a customer perspective or from mm-hmm. a prospect perspective, they're looking for the logo, they're looking for the brand, they're looking for the presence, like, you know, who who are you? And if they haven't heard from a uh, from somebody who they know who's referred them, you kind of are a little bit in, in limbo. Uh, and I'm trying to be as nice to the mid-market folks as I can. Small businesses are almost excused for being small businesses because yep. they're one-man bands. Yep. Corporates should have a, a presence because they've got lots of money. So the, the, the mid-market is kind of sitting in the middle. But what they have is that they have an amazing passion to be able to do things differently. And that's why what I've been advocating is to just do something that's just that little bit different, you know. Build a strategy called a connection strategy, not a marketing strategy. Everybody has a marketing strategy. Mm. Just figure out a way to look at your customers a little bit differently, your prospects a little bit differently, and treating them a little bit differently as well. I mean, actually go and contact them and say, how are you going? Go and go to an event and introduce yourself and find out what they want. It's a great opportunity for them to differentiate themselves in their chosen field by engaging and connecting better than a small business can do and a corporate can do. Yeah, it's interesting. When I was, uh, I worked in an accounting practice, straight out of uni, basically. The partner that was there used to always, and I still do it today, he used to write a little semicircle in the corner of his notes page and he'd write in there someone that he wanted to introduce you to. Mm-hmm. So he'd literally ask you, who do you need, to, who, who can I, how can I help you? Mm. Who can I introduce you mm. to? Mm. And he'd just write a name down and be say, okay, I need to introduce you to Iggy Pintado. Write that name down and then later on, he or his PA probably, but somebody would email and say, Craig, I'm just introducing you to Iggy ridiculously effective mm, in mm, terms of mm. building up relationships and connective. Mm. And I still do it today. That was in 1986 or something. Mm-hmm. I still do it today in meetings. Yep. It's been a really, mm. and mm. it's it's not phrased as well as you've perhaps described the connection generation, but mm. it's the same sort of thing. It is. And it's just a figuring out a different way of connecting with people. And, that, and that's, a, that's a brilliant way. I mean, word of mouth is a two-way street. Yep. It's not just you know, getting word of mouth, but also giving word of mouth. So it's it's, it's a yep. great way to do that. I think the other thing is also to just, just as a tip again th- that I like to do is to just do something a little bit different when you're out. So I was recently at an event and I uh, introduced myself to the speaker and he happened to be somebody who I know. Yep. And I spoke to him and I said, oh, you know, this is what I'm doing and this is where I'm at, at and whatever. And, you know, I'm still doing the connecting. I'm still doing the networking stuff. And I sat down and this was just before he got up on stage. And when he got up on stage, because it happens to be the last thing that's on his, his mind, yeah. he actually mentioned me. Oh, yeah, I just ran into Iggy Pintado and, yes, you should connect with him. He's, a, he's you know, yeah. He can tell you all about connection strategy. And so you get a kind of free plug just by having a conversation just with saying people hello. beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, again, it's just those little things that just connect pieces of information and make sure that it gets you out there and is different. Okay, fantastic. Um, before we wrap up, number one tip for connecting better or being better at connecting. I think the first thing that you've got to do um, is that you have to understand that people do business with people. And so personalization is the number one tip. If you have a business card from someone, treat it as like the Japanese and the Asians do, very, very sacred. And you should take advantage of that opportunity. It shouldn't sit on a desk. You should invite somebody onto LinkedIn and then not just inviting them onto LinkedIn. If there's someone who you do want to have a relationship with or you do want to pitch some business to, then invite them for a coffee, give them a phone call, send them an email, um, engage, engage. Because, uh, you know, a, a connection is an opportunity for you to connect and to grow your business if you can do it smartly and effectively. Fantastic. Thanks for coming in. No problem. Thanks for having me. And of course, if you want more tools and information to help you with what we've just talked about, head to the Midmarket Matters resources page at midmarketmatters.com.au.